the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business, jobs and entrepreneurship and business... We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. It's a live show. You could call here into the studio, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-051. We call them our solution center for a reason. Uh, I wanted to share, uh, start off the program, some tips, advice, and information as we, believe it or not, are in the final quarter of the year. That's right. We're in Q4 of 2017. I cannot believe it, um, but 2017 will almost be a distant memory and we'll be moving into the new year, but that does not mean that the year is over and done with. In fact, This is actually a great time to start to think about how to improve your organization uh, as we move into a new calendar year. Exceptional organizations actually know what to do with employee feedback. Employee feedback is a great way to establish a healthy and constructive dialogue between management and staff and determine whether your employees are engaged and happy working with your organization. By the way, I would say the exact same thing is true uh, with customer uh, feedback and customer satisfaction. Listening to your customers, listening to your clients, and listening to the people that you work with will give you the feedback, the guidance, and the information that you need to be successful moving into the upcoming year. And this should not just be a once a year exercise where you gather that sort of information. In fact, gathering feedback on engagement, satisfaction, management, benefit offerings, and much more, specifically when you're talking about employee feedback, is a process that should go on all year round. But before asking for feedback, an organization should set clear expectations with employees And what will be done with that feedback and be prepared to take action. Not taking agreed upon action will have an adverse impact on that organization. So think about how you can best utilize employee feedback once it is received. Number one, you need to be sure that you are acknowledging when you've conducted employee surveys 
personal interviews, or even featured a suggestion box. You need to recognize and thank your employees for their feedback promptly. Employees may have stepped outside of their comfort zone, often they have, to give you that open and honest feedback. And if you acknowledge their contribution to the process, it will go a long way, I promise you. Conversely, not recognizing or waiting too long to respond will discourage employees from from sharing those comments in the future. And obviously, acknowledging the feedback is one step of the process, but if you just acknowledge and you don't actually do anything with that information, then you are basically telling your employees that their feedback is worthless to you, and you're just going to be playing, paying lip service and acknowledging that their, that their feedback is helpful but not actually doing something with it. So you've got to take action. Use employee feedback to improve company policy, procedures, or culture. If employees are complaining about poor management, you may consider managerial training. While minor issues such as office temperature or lack of a microwave in the break room are a problem, you should fix it. Suggestions on much bigger matters then should be considered. I realize that not everything can be implemented immediately, but if you show that you're willing to take their ideas or even pieces of them to begin company improvement, it will go a long way. Request specific rather than general feedback to gather enough information to improve what's important to your employees. And uh, certainly, as I said, this goes uh, for customer feedback as well. If a customer is telling you something that can be improved in your store with the services that you're providing, and they see that it's being implemented, if they see that their voices are being heard, they will be a more loyal customer. Uh, it And I realize that I'm talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. Uh, for those of you that are listening tonight, you may be thinking that I don't have a multi-layered organizational chart. I actually have uh, just me, myself, and I. But certainly listening to that feedback uh, from your customers or listening to a few people that uh, you may consult with or contract with, hearing their feedback will help improve your organization. You want to communicate any changes made as a direct result of employee feedback. When employees are hearing that their feedback is bringing about change, they'll continue to provide it and will be more engaged in the process. Receiving feedback from employees can be enlightening and beneficial to your organizational culture. And to reap the maximum benefit from feedback, remember to acknowledge it, take action, and communicate change your employees will continue to offer that feedback when it's used constructively. So if you're interested in more information on how to create an exceptional workplace, you probably want to speak to my good friends at Tandem HR today. Tandem HR is a Chicago area professional employer organization, a PEO that provides custom HR solutions to hundreds of small and mid-sized businesses looking to build exceptional workplaces. Tandem HR also helps clients save time and money while growing their business. By taking on the administrative tasks associated with human resources, benefits, payroll, tax administration, regulatory compliance, and risk management. For more information on Tandem HR, you could visit their website and their beautiful new blog that they've put together, or you could give them a call, 630-928-0510. Again, their website is tandemhr.com, or you could call them at 630-928-0510. And... Uh, I did want to share some additional tips as well. I, uh, I made these notes uh, a few days ago because, uh, as I'll mention later in the program, 
I actually uh, just literally just over the past few hours finished the Chicago Marathon on behalf of Team JUF, the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Chicago. It was an honor and a privilege to run uh, on their behalf, raise some money, and uh, and supported a good cause while also certainly uh, supporting my own, uh, I guess you could call it bucket list item that I've wanted to do for a long time. I feel great. But, uh, I did bring a doctor here in studio. We'll be talking to him uh, later on in the program. But I did draft some notes because of something that occurred earlier in the week. Um, I recently was uh, speaking at a large group in uh, in downtown Chicago, a large conference that I was asked to participate in. And at one of the talks that I was doing, I was asked for advice on a challenge that I've never encountered. While I certainly uh, have some thoughts and suggestions, they put me on the spot. Um, so I did take the time to actually uh, repeat a little bit of what I shared, but actually expand on it as well. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about this. Two people in the workshop mentioned that they have difficulty ending phone calls. They find themselves in an awkward back and forth situation that I could only describe as verbal volleyball. It might sound something like this. Okay, well, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I've enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, me too. Always great to talk to you. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, for sure. I look forward to it. Yeah, so do I. Well, okay. Okay. Um, bye. Yeah, bye. I wonder if you've experienced this challenge as well. Please, please, please share your your ideas and feedback. Um, you could obviously get on my website, shalomkline.com, where you could download the podcast from the show. But you could also contact me. Or, of course, you could even call us here in studio, uh, 312-642-5600. Would love to hear if you've gone through this in the past. My first somewhat thoughtless answer to this question is goodbye end the phone call, I say goodbye. But even as I said this, I knew it wasn't true. The word goodbye didn't feel or sound right when I said it. I don't think it's a word we use very often anymore. Perhaps we're favoring the more casual bye instead. Since I was asked the question, I've been, I've been paying more attention to how I end my phone calls. My habit is quickly summarize the conversation, get agreement, and then hang up. Much to my surprise, I'm not even saying bye. So here's a quick sample that I thought I would share with our listeners here on Get Down to Business this evening. It's a sample of how I wrap up phone calls. Well, thanks so much for calling. Based on what we've discussed, I'll prepare a proposal for you and send it on Monday. Does that work for you? Yes, Monday's fine. Even later in the week will work for us as well. I'll make sure you have it on Monday, and we'll talk once again when when you've had time to review it. Sounds great. Okay, we'll talk again soon. Click. So now I'm curious, how are you ending your phone calls? Is there an etiquette that we should be following? What do you think? Again, give us a call here in studio, 312-642-5600, or get on my website, shalomkline.com, and contact me or download podcasts from the show. You could even get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, that website, again, is shalomkline.com. But speaking of uh, milestones and bucket list items, I'm thrilled to be joined. Our next guest is Griffin Saul. Uh, you're, you're not going to want to miss his story. He'll be joining us right after this very quick break here on Get Down to Business. Chicago, don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I'm thrilled to be joined by somebody that... Uh, I am uh, blown away by what I've seen thus far. Griffin Saul is the founder and CEO of We Are Able. Um, grew up with his father, uh, Brad Saul, who lived with uh, advanced multiple sclerosis for over 20 years. 
Um, and uh, Griffin, you uh, you grew up with your father not being able to walk, which I'm sure was a difficult experience. But you've you've actually found a way to help people, which is quite inspirational. Griffin, it's a privilege to have you here on the program. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Griffin, why don't you just tell us briefly a little bit about, uh, I guess, your inspiration uh, behind the We Are Able campaign and uh, and why you're so dedicated and passionate about this organization. Sure. So, as you said, uh, my father was diagnosed with advanced multiple sclerosis even before I was born. And uh, growing up, that was something that was very difficult for me to cope with, being a very athletic kid, not being able to play sports with him. So a way I found myself... Um, coping and identifying with others was through service and through volunteering. And especially when I got to high school, I found myself wanting to make a larger impact than I was already making, uh, which began the inspiration for We Are Able, because my father actually began to fall increasingly ill due to his disease. Uh, uh, and it was a period of time where he was in and out of the hospital um, for years. And on December 4th, 2015, he lost the battle for his life. Uh, but also that inspired me to then start We Are Able. Well, your your dad, uh, Brad, uh, he, he was dealing with a disease, multiple sclerosis, that uh, disease that affects the brain and spinal cord and weakens the immune system. And uh, I know he, he must be looking down at you, Griffin, and, and, and quite proud of the work that you're doing. So you've launched the We Are Able campaign, which I know is beyond MS, and you are... Uh, you are focusing on raising awareness about the importance of creating a society where everybody has an equal opportunity to succeed and become leaders within the community. So you've, I mean, even on the website, which we'll certainly share with our listeners, you've included a lot of information about how people can step up and and help you raise awareness uh, around the country. Uh, Griffin, uh, I think it's an important question to ask at this at this point. How old are you? I'm 18. You're 18. What you're doing is absolutely incredible. So tell us a little bit about the curriculum and and sort of what you hope the world will look like in five years from now as a result of the work that you're doing. Yeah, so we're, we, have, we have two. We're actually expanding it this year. We have two segments. We can do We Are Able Schools or We Are Able, able for Corporates. With the We Are Able School system, the curriculum is really, um, really simple to get involved. It's uh, basically a two-day curriculum. Uh, on November 30th, after school, students will come together in their respective classroom and take the pledge to learn proper disability etiquette. And that's something we really want to push through We Are Able, is expanding your empathy, expanding your etiquette for others to better interact with those uh, with disabilities in society. On December 1st, that Friday, is the day of action where students can under- attempt to understand what it's like to have a physical disability through that stimulative experience of wearing a face mask for muteness uh, wearing an eye mask for an ocular impairment, earplugs for deafness, um, and trying to expand their empathy for others. For corporate, it's a little bit different, where they have the option only to do the etiquette portion of just understanding how to learn proper disability etiquette and interact better with those society to increase their corporate responsibility to engage in a team-leading type of system. Wow. Um, so, Griffin, uh, you uh, you graduated from Lincoln Park uh, High School and my understanding is that uh, tonight you're actually calling in from your dorm room in Boston. Um, so you you clearly have taken 
the show on the road and you've you've been advocating for this very very important issue give us a few examples of some of the schools that you've been able to uh, to bring your message to or some of the people that you've been able to talk to. I know, obviously, it's a privilege to have you on the show this evening, and I know you've been doing a lot of media appearances, but what about the schools? What about the uh, the kids that you've been able to talk to? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been an incredible experience. Last year, we piloted the campaign, um, had nearly 400 participants, uh, seven schools involved, including my high school, Lincoln Park, Whitney Young, Lane Tech, Parker. Um, so it's been a great experience, and this year we're, we're even expanding it to increasing the schools in Chicago, but also I'm looking to get Boston schools involved. My, uh, my college, Tufts University, is going to have some level of participation as well. So it's, it's incredible to see the impact that we're having, um, knowing that we're helping people to increase their empathy for others and knowing that we're uh, attempting to create a society where disability etiquette isn't just the exception but the norm. And you've been developing some interesting connections along the way, which certainly are helping you amplify uh, your your message. I know you you've been working with the uh, with the Allstate Foundation, and they've been uh, giving you some crucial support, um, but also some official partnerships and and relationships, including with the city of Chicago. Uh, my understanding is that the mayor's office for people with disabilities has, has been working with you as well. Uh, last year, they were very supportive in helping me get the etiquette in, in uh, order for the campaign, looking over my materials. Um, so they, they've been hugely helpful in supporting my, my dreams and my mission, yeah. But the Allstate Foundation especially has been great in supporting my, my dreams with their Good Starts Young campaign um, and their They Say campaign as well, uh, really giving me a platform for my voice to be heard. We're chatting with Griffin Saw, the, uh, the founder of the We Are Able campaign, doing some fantastic work at, uh, I guess call it uh, raising awareness about uh, about uh, how, how people with disabilities can can uh, can function in, in many many leadership roles. Um, you're you're bringing your uh, your dad's legacy to a whole to a whole new level, and I'm sure, as I mentioned, he's quite proud. Uh, Griffin, I, I know I, I mentioned this before, but what are you, you've said several times? We, uh, as you've been talking about, we are able, and certainly in the name, you say we. Who is we? You've you've obviously been focused on on your dad's memory, uh, but uh, it sounds like you have a lot of volunteers and a lot of other people that have stepped up to the plate as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the number one shout out I have to give is to my mom, obviously, who has been hugely supportive in in all of my dreams and aspirations. Uh, you know, I, I started this campaign roughly two years ago when I was 16, um, and there's a lot I don't know. So throughout this process, through groups like the Allstate Foundation, my mom, several other mentors, um, they've been hugely possible, uh, hugely helpful in making my dreams possible um, and making we are able reality. So what can our listeners do to help? What can they do to help you spread the word? How can they support your fantastic work? Uh, if they're interested in getting involved, we'd love to have their support. Uh, going on to weable.org and getting involved through the campaign um, is a great way to start. There's uh, contact information on the website as well to shoot us an email if you're confused about anything. But we have PDF formats with a curriculum which are very accessible um, and easy to work with. And we would love to have your support to help us tell us what we can do better and just help us improve society and raise awareness for people with disabilities. That's fantastic. Uh, Griffin Saul, the, uh, the, a freshman at Tufts University, the founder of the We Are Able 
campaign, uh, expecting at least a thousand attendees at this year's two-day We Are Able event, which uh, it sounds like uh, will give a lot of participants the opportunity to experience uh, the the inability to speak, deafness, or physical limitation in order to raise awareness and empathy for people with disabilities. Such an important. Uh, such an important mission uh, that you're focused on and such an incredible organization. Congratulations to you, and please pass along our thanks to, to your mom for obviously supporting you along the way. We encourage all of our listeners to please step up, uh, weable.org, and, uh, and support uh, Griffin's important work. Spread the link. Just share it. Just share it um, with uh, somebody that you know. Uh, post it on Facebook. Get uh, your school involved. Get your business involved. Uh, Griffin, keep up the fantastic work, and we'd love to follow your progress. And uh, as you grow the the organization and with the support of the Allstate Foundation, but thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me, Sean. Absolutely. And you can always uh, get uh, information on all of our guests on my website, ShalomKlein.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at ShalomKlein. We'll be sharing and tweeting information about the We Are Able campaign um, with all of our listeners. Um, You could get on my website, ShalomKlein.com, to download those podcasts and get the links that we've been talking about Right there, we'll post it on our blog. Um, Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. And speaking of people making a difference, my next guest, Dr. Mitchell Weisberg, good friend, and uh, he is is making a difference uh, in healthcare through some new innovative technology, helping companies, helping government on so many different levels. We'll be talking all about it here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You do not want to miss it. I promise you, it will be exciting. You will learn about new things. Once again, you're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and we'll be right back after these headlines and a few quick announcements. Back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and I'm thrilled to be joined here in studio. The only person that I would actually bring in studio after I ran a marathon, because I enjoy seeing him every time I uh, I have the opportunity to do so. Uh, thrilled to be joined here by Dr. Mitchell Weisberg. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Shalom. Absolutely. So, Mitch, I don't want to date you, but you have nearly 30 years of clinical experience in helping people optimize their health, well-being, and performance. And in fact, actually having you here in studio was actually just a, uh, call it a safety measure. I was worried in case in case my wife had to, had to drag me in here after running the marathon. I just felt it would be a good idea to have a doctor here in studio. Thank you. Uh, Shalom. And I don't mind that ulterior motive at all. Okay, good. Just making sure. So, Mitch, you have been working with individuals, working with companies for a very long time. You're not the typical doctor, and I mean that in more ways than one. Tell, if you don't mind, share with our listeners a little bit about your practice and and your focus, um, because the only thing, the only page, I'm looking at your blog right now, the only page longer than your blog is the, your list of uh, very, very, very satisfied patient reviews. And it, that list goes on and on and on. You must be doing something right. Thank you. And uh, that list only serves to make me humble. Um, and, and I can't believe that I've been doing this for three decades. Uh, but it, 
but I do feel like it's a calling and what I uh, was born to do. And um, in terms of uh, saying I'm not typical, it's interesting because I would not have predicted that uh, at the beginning of, uh, uh, you know, three decades ago because I really was a very uh, involved in, in terms of the healthcare system. I was very proud to serve as a chief medical resident at, at Rush. I'm still very proud of that. So to be kind of um, at this point in my career out, is outside of the system as I really am kind of came as, a, as more of a surprise to me, but it was a pretty normal kind of evolution because um, what I wanted to do for people really uh, was not acknowledged so much within the, the healthcare system. And I really wanted to help people not just to feel better, but to actually do better, to actually live, to actually get meaningful, more meaningful lives. And, uh, and that's where my gratific- gratification really comes from. And so I was kind of forced to be outside the system to be that comprehensive in my approach. And, and certainly it has benefited uh, your patients uh, that you have that sort of out-of-the-box uh, approach in, in really just how you communicate and how you interact. And even, I, I might be so bold as to say, uh, the, the type of services that you, that you provide. Um, most, of our, our, most of our listeners are in the business community, and they've invested substantially into their organization, building up their organization in hiring people. And they've focused on trying to create a workplace. We've talked a little bit about that in the program so far. Um, and that and people are constantly measuring the performance of the enterprise, the executives, the employees, and and you take that approach. You work with business owners and you help them build a a better workplace. Um, which I, I believe, Mitch, is is why you actually start, sort of made that made that jump to actually bringing on something else into your portfolio as well as the new uh, chief medical officer of Viamedicus. Um, so if you don't mind, uh, share with us a little bit about about that uh, approach and, and why you decided to take that on, and certainly we'll, uh, we'll talk a lot about it. Sure. So thank you. That's, that's a good way to put it because there was really, it was a very natural evolution to, to my, my approach in my medical practice to my current, uh, my most recent position of chief medical officer for Vimedicus, which I'll talk about shortly. But I realized um, how much I would be able to understand about my patients by hearing about how they're doing. That sounds, that sounds funny, right? You, we sure. always say, so when we see somebody, we always say, hey, how are you doing, right? But... When I asked it in my medical, when I started asking that of my patients, I really was listening. And I wanted to know details of how they're doing. I wanted to know outside opinions of how they were doing. Spouses, employers, coworkers, best friends. And I found out by doing this, you know, I know more about it. I could know more about a person's health and well-being with that information than at just about anything else, uh, you know, and so I realized how much there's this connection between our own health and well-being and how we do in all the areas that we perform in, which whether it be interpersonal or in our jobs, you know, as members of the community, it's we're per- always performing and sometimes we're even being measured 
in in ways that uh, I take advantage of. So you develop really strong relationships with your with your patients in a way that most doctors do not. It's typically a, a twenty minute appointment, if that, uh, cr- probably triple booked. You don't do that, do you? I don't. I don't. But yet, I find what I do much more efficient, in spite of the fact that it takes me more time. Uh, primarily because I get down to really defining people in a way that can help me solve some of the help them solve some problems. So fascinating, fascinating. So I do want to talk to you, Mitch, a little bit about uh Viomedicus and, and what you're doing, sort of expanding uh your approach at at at, at good workplaces and, and healthy environments um, as you bring that to businesses and, and, and organizations around the country. Um, we're talking with Dr. Mitch Weisberg. We'll be right back after this very quick break. So I've been chatting with Dr. Mitch Weisberg uh, regarding his three decades in helping uh, patients and helping companies. Um, and uh, we were just chatting, Mitch, a little bit about your new role as the chief medical officer of uh, Viomedicus. And uh, you were telling me a little bit about how that's helping you uh, bring your message into an even larger audience. Uh, because we, we certainly know that healthcare costs are rising each year and very few people or companies really properly confronting those alarming costs. Uh, healthcare payers uh, are trying to reduce some of those costs, but we also need to look at individuals and improving that health uh, and, and, and helping individuals with out-of-pocket expenses. How is your work with Viomedicus doing that? So, uh, you know, with Vimedicus, what we're really uh, trying to do is, I think any, I, I am totally convinced that only change, the only agent of change for healthcare moving forward are employers. Mm-hmm. They, they are in that unique, uh, unique position. And I think what we're doing at Vimedicus is we're getting employers to ask for the right, demand the right things from the healthcare system. Give us a, a little bit of statistics on this. Tell us, tell us a little bit about why this is so important. Because so, uh, what, what we really focus on at uh, Vimedicus is the are, are the maybe twenty percent of enrollees in healthcare insurance. Uh, those twenty percent of enrollees that might be responsible for fifty to seventy percent of the expenditures. Wow. And. Uh, Right. Wow. Okay. So, and and what it turns out is that that's those are people with multiple chronic conditions. So, a chronic condition being something that isn't necessarily curable but manageable. And as you add one to another, they don't just add up. They kind of the 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 kind of suffering and the burden for these individuals kind of it goes exponentially up. When you're dealing with a large corporation that often are self-insured, those costs are, you know, directly impacting the bottom line. Absolutely. And the individuals, uh, you know, they're, they're dealing, you're mentioning chronic conditions that are impacting their lives. So big, big problem on the employer side, big, big problem on the individual side. Okay, what's the Viomedica solution? So the Viomedica solution is that the same things that will, that are going to, translate into employer savings and uh, out-of-pocket costs for the employee are the same exact things that are going to make each employee that we, that we take care of feel better and, and have a, an improved quality of life. And the other 
return on investment that they're going to get is an improved productivity. So if you, if you don't mind, I hate to be granular over here, but give, give, give me a specific example of a, of a condition that may be very, very high cost that, again, this Viomedica solution can actually reduce that cost, improve an individual's quality of life. Well, it's not even... And make them a better employee. Yes, right. So, so it's not necessarily a specific condition as much as it is one condition on top of another. <laughs> Okay, so it, so just a, uh, a statistic that all, that just always sends me uh, thinking, you know, thinking about this issue is that if you if you look at um, uh, in the in this country, we know that about nine percent of uh, adult Americans are going to have a major depressive episode mm-hmm. every year, year after year. Uh, what the statistics show. Now, if we take uh, uh, just take uh, those adults. In this country, that have type two diabetes, okay, and their their incidence of depression every year is twenty seven percent, threefold over what a person without diabetes has. So, and we don't know. It's not because necessarily we know why that is. We just know that there's this phenomenon of how one condition could get you another, and then and and then the ball starts rolling. And what we got to do is kind of get to the bottom of it, which is usually, usually have to do with behavioral health and mental, and mental health, quite frankly. The stress of dealing with a chronic condition adds a chronic condition to their list in the form of depression and anxiety, which we are going to get, we get right in and focus on. Uh, so, so, Dr. Weisberg, we've got about two minutes remaining. So uh, a company, it, it's almost a guaranteed thing. They have people, it's, 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 it's statistical averages. Uh, people ha- companies have people with these conditions. The, that information is then being sent over to, to Viomedicus, which allows them to, which allows you uh, to, uh, to go through that information, basically guarantee cost yes. savings to yes. the company, make people better employees, improve their quality of life, because you're able to deal with the root issue, right. the core issue, and, and that's, that's incredible. So there incredible, are actually, uh, Shalom, if I may, what's incredible yeah. is engaging. engaging. The, when we engage the target, the, the, money, the, the money starts being saved, just in just because, so just identifying them and offering them the help is already helping. Can you name drop a few organizations that uh, that that are already benefiting from this? Certainly, solution? because I love being part of a startup that actually has uh, you know Success. customers <laughs> to talk about, right? Yeah. And that would be uh, Peoria School District uh, 150, uh, and we're also uh, very close to getting started with another uh, Peoria School District as well. Mitch, we could talk forever about this. I'm so passionate about, you know, about these issues, business and, and, and health and wellness, very, very important issues, but we are out of time. Um, so I want to make sure our listeners can find out more. Is there a website they can uh, check out for yes, more information? Viamedicus.com. Fantastic. Viamedicus.com. Uh, Dr. Mitch Weisberg, thank you so much for joining us on the air. You have a fascinating practice. Uh, that you've been involved in for 30 plus years, but certainly this this technology, this new innovative solution is going to help so many more uh, businesses. I'm excited to follow the progress and we'll have you back on to discuss it many, many, many more times. Uh, Mitch Weisberg, thanks so much for joining us. We'll be right back after this very quick break here and get down to business. More tips, advice, and information on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You don't want to miss these last few minutes of the show. We'll be right back. 
And now it's time for your business tip of the week, which can be your daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. If you want to get ahead in this world, which I'm assuming all of our listeners want to do, you have to network. I know people often uh, associate me with that word, um, but it's not just for me. It's for you as well. Networking helps to build confidence, connects you with like-minded professionals. And if all goes well, networking can help improve your business's bottom line. And I say this all the time. I think it would be uh, obvious, um, but I guess nothing in this world is obvious anymore. Uh, You don't want to be reactive in networking, only networking when you have to. You have to be networking all the time. I have to say that over these past a bunch of years, I've found different ways to network. Uh, I still put on events, still involved in speaking at different groups, but I, I network different ways. But I wanted to share some networking tips um, with our listeners here. And as always, I welcome your feedback, your comments, and even your critique. And you can always do that uh, by contacting me uh, through my website, shalomkline.com. Again, that's where you could download podcasts and get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Again, that website is shalomkline.com. First thing is mustering up the confidence to go it alone. There's always safety in numbers, of course, but one of the big problems with going to a networking event with a friend or a coworker is that you'll tend to stick together instead of branching off on your own, which basically would limit your exposure to other networkers. Instead, think of networking like those times when your teacher told you to partner up with someone you didn't know so well. Um, I experienced that today uh, in my marathon running. Uh, There's a reason behind that. So you won't dilly-dally with all that with your BFF and instead give you a chance to make a new friend. Networking is just like that, but all grown up. And since you're an adult, be an adult about it. Try going to the networking event alone and see what happens. The next thing that I want to say is something I am very passionate about is pay attention to the younger generation. I dare say that early on I was victim to thinking very narrowly, and I will say this: I am a, uh, I am a young professional, and perhaps people have have uh, I've been a victim to this in the past. But uh, sometimes when I'm networking, I want to meet the the most successful professionals, the most successful entrepreneurs in the room, and I only wanted to make contacts with people who are already in high places, while completely disregarding those that were on their way but not quite there yet. It's a common networking faux pas that will only limit your potential your professional potential, but could also make you come across like, I'll just say it, a jerk. And don't be afraid to ask for a meeting. If you want a meeting with an influencer, someone with whom you think it might be beneficial, hopefully mutually beneficial to be connected, make the first move. Um, You know, as I've been told so many times in life, the worst thing that they could say is no, but you won't know until you ask. And don't ask for the other person's help too soon. At this point, you've got several meetings set up and you're excited. So many opportunities on the horizon. While you might be chomping at the bit to turn those connections into something more substantial like a profit, don't jump the gun. Nobody in business or otherwise likes to be used or feel used. Let the relationship develop deeper and organically take its course. Push too soon. You'll start to earn a reputation that will only work against you. Remember to share and not sell. This sort of goes hand in hand with not asking for your new contact's help too soon. So remember that this relationship that you're building is supposed to be one of mutual benefit. Allow, avoid allowing it to teeter too far to your side by keeping a focus on sharing aspects of your career as opposed to selling them. There is a difference. One of them is genuine. The other is not. Um, so 
I hope you found these tips, advice, and information helpful. Uh, we sure had a jam-packed lineup of guests, fantastic content, fantastic information. The We Are Able campaign and uh, Viomedicus, you can find those links to these fantastic organizations on my website, shalomkline.com. Once again, you could download podcasts from the over three-plus years of Get Down to Business and share it on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Uh, speaking of Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. I post networking tips, advice, and information all the time. And uh, Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. And uh, thanks, everybody. I know a few of our listeners supported me in the marathon. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on N560, The Answer to Success. Let's get down to business. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.